In this episode, I'll talk about the Dressage Naturally Happy Athlete Training Scale and how you can use it as a blueprint for decision-making with your horse. So here we go, episode 166, Happy Athlete Training Scale. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So this is going to be another episode where I'm going to have deja vu the whole time I'm recording this. This is this happy athlete training scale is something I know I've mentioned in other podcasts because it's just that important. And so I kept looking through my list. I'm like, I must have done an episode on this. <laughs> I just must have. How could I have not done an episode on this yet? Uh, but anyway, I've scanned my list, <laughs> I've searched, and uh, it looks like I have not yet done a podcast on this subject. So here we are. Uh, yeah, it's it's something that is on my list of like must know concepts. It's something that's present in my mind so much of the time, and it's something that um, time and time again has been a useful tool for students and. I guess one of the reasons that it's sort of fresh in my mind right now is uh, I'm getting ready uh, to do a bareback and bridalist demo as part of this Iberian spectacular that um, that's being put on, and it's going to take place at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. So it's kind of a big deal, and it should be a pretty fun event. And I'm just one small um, performance, <laughs> five-minute performance uh, of this whole big event. Um, but in doing it, realize like, wow, it's been it's been a long time since I I did some sort of performance like this where it's not my gig. <laughs> Uh, I've been invited to go and I have to show up, you know, at and be ready at that time. And, you know, anything to do anything for a short amount of time is actually much harder than to do it for a long period of time. You know, when you're doing, if, if I'm doing a teaching segment or, you know, something that I have a 45 minute spot, I mean, then, you know, it's instructional. And so whatever comes up, I can talk about it and, you know, make it educational. And that's really where my focus is. I'm, I've not been focusing on performance, but I was asked um, to do that, uh, do something for this, for the inspiration segment of this big production. And of course I said, yes. <laughs> and then I thought about it later. Uh, but it, so now I have to prepare, right? So now it's like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And, uh, it's really easy, to, uh, w when presented with something like that to start, you know, trying to do too much or, um, you know, trying to make it a bigger deal than it is and to maybe forget about principles and things like that. So I think it's, it's a good practice, 
um, for me just to practice being able to show up and arrive and um, hopefully do a good job. I'll let you know. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a podcast episode on it afterwards, either to celebrate my success or tell you some really good stories. <laughs> but anyway, so I realized that in my preparation um, with Natia for this, it was the happy athlete training scale that was running in the background of my mind. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I should share about this. So the um, those of you who've taken dressage lessons and are probably familiar with, with what they is called the, uh, the training scale, the dressage training scale. And it's perfectly fine and, you know, useful, but that's really focused on just the dressage part of your horse's life. And of course, the way I approach things is much more holistic because everything affects everything. So when I, you know, wanted to make a training scale, because I think we need blueprints, right? We, we, those of you who know how I teach, I don't teach so much by recipes, although I do have some exercises that have very strict instructions, but in general, it's not a recipe. It's not a, this is how you do it. And this is the aids for this. I'm teach much more with frameworks, blueprints, concepts, um, treasure maps, as far as here's where you might want to look, <laughs> but it's always about teaching students how to make decisions in the moment that they feel are right for them and their horse and their moment. Anyway, so that's the usefulness of having a blueprint can help kind of give you an idea of what sort of things will take priority over other sorts of things in general. Anyway, so um, so that's the, the happy alley training scale. Maybe I should just describe it <laughs> so you know what the heck I'm talking about. Oh, and before I get too into this, um, I a while ago I put together this quiz based on the happy athlete training scale, and you can get to it um, by going to dressagenaturally.net slash quiz, and it'll walk you through just three questions and and um, give you some some tips and pointers based on how you answer the questions, because this is often what I use when I'm. Um, first meeting a student or if a student is having some sort of challenge, this that I'm about to talk to you about is, is where my brain goes. It's, it's what I look for in the order that I look for it. Okay. So if we want to paint a picture of the training scale, you can picture a pyramid and, you know, there's a big, strong base and then it gets narrower up to the top. So in the happy athlete training scale, the base is happiness. And the idea is that you and your horse can arrive happy (laughs) because the next level up is harmony. So the idea is two individuals who are happy will tend to be, um, have an easier time harmonizing together. The next step up on the rung is communication. So two happy individuals can harmonize together. And if they can harmonize together, it'll be easier for them to communicate with each other. 
The next level up on the training scale is techniques for healthy biomechanics. All right, so if you can talk, let's talk about things that are going to help the horse move in a healthy way and be able to carry our weight. And then the pinnacle for me is dressage. Now, it could also be any sport-specific training, but for me, that's when that comes on. After you're already happy, you're harmonizing together, you're communicating well, you know how to move in a way that's not creating pain, (laughs) and now go ahead and add whatever sport-specific training you need on top. And so that's the basic idea of the happy athlete training scale. And How this was sort of coming into my mind now is, all right, I had had five minutes. I have one song to do this demo and, you know, I can, and, and I can think about, all right, what are the movements I want to show? You know, how do I want to show off? (laughs) What do I want to do? What do I want to do? It's really easy for the brain to go there first. And my brain did go there first. And Then I had to, I was like, okay, now I'm all excited and I can think about what we can do. Then I have to think about, well, what do I really want to show? Like, what do I really want to be demonstrating? And how am I going to make sure that I arrive on that day able to really show that? And how am I going to prepare her? So the World Equestrian Center is um, an indoor facility. It's just huge building um, with, you know, grandstands or bleacher seats up the side. It's air climate controlled. It's, you know, it's just a very, very different environment. And Natia has never been in an indoor arena like that. We've been in covered arenas. She's generally pretty chill about stuff, but this was a very, very different environment. And, you know, kind of once you're on the property uh, for horses, you barely go outside. So it's just very unnatural um, (laughs) the whole time. So uh, and then at the performance, there's going to be like curtains and a big crowd. And, you know, so I realized that, you know, number one, what is my most important um, key for success for Natia? Well, just to make sure that she's really happy coming into it, <laughs> right? So if happiness is the, the, the base of everything, then I have to know that I can't just go, oh my God, I have to perform. Let's do all the hard stuff and let's work her and work her and work her and work her and drill, 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 drill. And, you know, think of just that end game. And I could be left with a really unhappy horse. Like, okay, maybe her pirouettes are doing really good, but she's not happy. And then everything's gonna crumble. So my, my main goal had to be, I need to have a happy horse coming into this event. And so then there's choices around that. So happiness, the happiness base is where I think about things like how, how, how happy is my horse when we're not together, right? So what, what's her lifestyle? And so for any horse, I'm thinking, what's the horse's lifestyle? Are they standing in a stall 24 hours a day or are they out with, with freedom and friends and forage, right? So what do they like away? And 
what am I like away from my horse? So I look at the, I I know I'm going to jump back and forth from talking about Natia and me to making it in general. But this is the happiness part is, is the human a happy human? Is the horse a happy horse? Separate, (laughs) separate from each other, right? So when I, thinking about me and Natia, yeah, I got to take care of myself. I have to make sure I'm getting sleep, that I'm eating well, that I'm not Um, watching things that are going to make me grumpy, (laughs) no news for Karen, (laughs) or just whatever it takes. I got to make sure I'm a happy camper. My horse is a happy camper, healthy. You know, this is the lifestyle management section. Okay. The next part is harmony, right? So in the harmony level, I'm thinking about, well, what's the horse's first thought? when they see the human? What's the human's first thought when they start thinking about their horse? Also coming into here uh, would be goals and expectations, right? Because this is about the relationship. And, you know, we we look at each other differently if we have a goal or an expectation, <laughs> right? About this other being. So that's where I'm going to be checking in with Natia like, all right, what's the read here when she sees me coming? How am I doing? Is she tending to move towards or move away? What am I thinking about my horse? So when I start thinking about Natia, am I just really focused on the demo, the demo, the demo? What do I have to get done? How good does it have to be? Oh my gosh, everybody's looking. We have to be perfect. Am I starting to think about things like that? Because that could really uh, affect the harmony between me and her, because for sure she will be, she will be picking up on that. So my goal with Natia, make sure she's a happy camper and do the stuff I need to do to make sure I'm just a happy, chill human. Harmony, make sure that yes, I can plan and I can have a vision for what I'd like to do and what I'd like to achieve and how I'd like her to go, but that I don't get hyper-focused on it to the point where it's starting to disrupt the harmony, right? So we need to have that harmonious thing. And she's going to let me know (laughs) how I'm doing with that. All right. The next bucket is communication. All right. So we're happy. We're harmonious. Let's talk, right? And it makes sense that if the horse is feeling good to look towards me, and I can look towards my horse with a a loving attitude, now words can, you know, that words, you know, body language, the way we talk, it's, we're in a nice quiet room together, looking at each other in a happy state. So yeah, communication has a better chance of succeeding. And if it doesn't, then I play with it, right? So clarity is kind, kindness, right? So at the communication level, I can have high standards. I can be particular. I can be precise. I can be very refined. This means this, not that. And I can follow through and I can educate and I can work on my position and refine my cues. It's all in there. Sitting on that base of happiness and harmony. And if the communication is going really well, and, you know, the basics, that's a good way to check is on the basics, you know, and preparing with Natia for the bridalist, like, hey, I know if I can go, if I can go stop and turn 
and do do the basic yields, like I'm going to be okay. <laughs> like those are the things that I'm really checking and refining, not just the hard stuff. I'm just making sure anytime, anywhere, can, do I have a backup? Anytime, anywhere, can I go sideways? Can I yield the hind end of the forehand? Chances are, if I've got that, I can, I can put together other stuff. All right, so then the next level, if we're talking, it's like, all right, well, now let's think about the, the biomechanics, the posture, the way of moving. So um, for Natia and I, we've got a really strong base of happiness and harmony and communication and also the techniques for biomechanics. So it's more of in preparation for this um, performance, it's just um, having that end in mind, that's that's sort of my measuring stick of like, is it good enough? It's good, but is it good enough <laughs> that I'll have it in my pocket um, at that moment or in that context? So yeah, so I have all those things. And so now thinking about, all right, let's help the horse move in a particular way so that the back is swinging and they're balanced and, you know, in dressage naturally, the way we achieve that is through moving the body. So more refined communication, playing energy games, making sure the impulsion is good, making sure, you know, that those gears are working. And now I'm focusing on, okay, what's the posture that she's moving with? And, you know, when you're doing it bridalist, uh, your standard for how well they're listening to your seat and the refinement of the communication through your body is <laughs> it's going to be different <laughs> than if you can have reins and things like that. So upping my standard for everything. And yeah, now it's imp- now you can think about things like alignment and bending and balance and straightness and posture and throughness and stretching and pull high and all that good stuff. Because kind of that stuff doesn't matter at all if your horse is miserable, runs away when you approach, and you don't have any communication about anything. Who cares if they have nice schwung? <laughs> right? So this, this all hopefully uh, makes sense. And then if you have a horse that's moving freely and balanced on top of that, then it's like, all right, now I've got not only a happy camper horse, but I've got one that's bound, that's moving in a healthy, free, balanced, relaxed, energized way. Like that kind, that horse in that state, man, you can do anything. You can do anything. So I like to do dressage. So that's when I start the gymnastic training part of it and develop canter pirouettes and Piaf and passage and lateral work and things like that because to me that's fun. (laughs) But you can also do jumping, you could do reining, you could do driving, you can do whatever you want. And that little pinnacle, if you pluck that off, then for every sport, there's a certain scale of development and sort of things you need to, to develop within that specific sport training, right? So, for for dressage, we have exercises for flexibility and mobility and collectability to develop suppleness and straightness and carrying power and then specific movements. So, you know, that little dressage cap on the pyramid, the happy athlete pyramid, 
um, you know, it's, it starts to look small <laughs> and it really is. So in, in my preparation with Natia, you know, I'd like to do some, I'm planning on, <laughs> I'm planning on doing some lateral work and some piaf and passage and canter pirouettes and hopefully some extension coming back. Um, that's what I'm planning doing in my demo, but that's barely what I'm, what I'm playing with. I'm really focusing on uh, happiness, harmony, communication, techniques for healthy biomechanics, and then a relatively small percentage of the time is like, okay, let's make sure we've got that pirouette. Let's make sure I have a little pattern so she can start to know when it's coming. Can I put you know certain things in a pattern so she can anticipate because that's going to help her? And other things maybe where she's not going to anticipate it because actually that would help her to not be anticipating. So that's a very, very small, specific sort of focus. Um, but yeah, as, as I'm getting, as I'm preparing for this, I'm realizing um, how, how much I am zoomed. I keep making myself zoom out, right? It's easy to zoom in and get hyper-focused, but I'm actually zooming out a lot and checking in on all those other parts of the scale. And so that's how you can really use this to problem solve. So obviously, if you are going to build your pyramid and your training scale, it's good to start at the bottom, right? What do I do first? Make sure you got a happy horse and that you're doing your work to be happy, a happy human, right? And then things about harmonizing together, non-demanding time, think about your goals, your expectations, um, build rapport, things like that, right? And so it makes sense to build it in the way that I went through it. And then even once you feel like, oh, I have it, yay, I'm doing dressage, like Natia and I, like we could say, well, yeah, we've, we've gotten to the pinnacle, but it doesn't mean that I don't keep looking back, right? Even if I'm up at that pinnacle, if, if my happiness and harmony and communication and biomechanics start to crumble, if I don't take care of them, I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash. And this is where I think it's, you know, hopefully as I'm walking you through this, it's sounding very logical. Yes, that makes sense. But think about that pyramid flipped over. Think about, you know, how many in reality, how many, I'll say dressage, but it's anybody who's sport specific in their, in their training. You know, that the, the actual amount of time and energy and focus they put on the dressage part, the sport part is huge with very little focus on creating a happy horse, right? So if you think about that pyramid flipped over or, you know, where there's this teeny tiny amount of time and energy put into creating happiness, and then there's this huge amount of time spent doing dressage and that's sort of teeter-tottering. And you can imagine it's just going to start to crash and crumble, right? Because I think the reality is there's a lot of um, sport horses whose lives are dominated by the sport. 
and they're spending very little time actually being happy or experiencing harmony with their human. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. I think it'll be interesting, I hope, for you guys to have this visualization and kind of use it not as just some sort of pretty idea, but to really, really apply it to you and your horse and just think about how much time, energy, and focus are you putting into these different categories. And and also kind of layering in there, you know, how, how strong are you in these categories? Like some of you might have your horses in situations where they're happy. It's like they're turned out, they have great buddies, their nutrition is just easy. Like maybe you're like, oh yeah, I, you know, I just put my horse out there in that field and he is a happy camper. So you actually don't have to put a lot of time or energy or focus into it. You might think, well, I don't have to put much, much into it. I just stick him out in that field and he's happy. Like, that's great. So just because you're not thinking about it doesn't mean you're not doing it well, or it's not a good situation, but kind of zoom out and look and just see like the power of that. (laughs) I think, you know, if you've got a horse in that sort of situation, be like, wow, my horse happiness base of that pyramid is, is off the charts. It's like so strong. How lucky am I? I think I just don't, I want you guys to be conscious of that and not take it for granted or just go, oh yeah, whatever. He, he just has a field like, no, that's amazing. (laughs) Cause there's lots of horses who are not happy in the situation that they're in, that they are, you know, spending 23 hours a day weaving in their stalls. I mean, this is happening, (laughs) right? Or in like a, a 20 foot square sandbox alone, right? So if you have a, a, a place where your horse lives, that's like, Ooh, eh, maybe not such a natural, happy place for a horse. That just means you're going to have to put more focus into creating happiness for your horse. 
I mean, some horses live in not that interesting areas, but when their human comes along and takes them out, they go for these like epic trail rides or they do this epic stuff and they're so satisfied that they're like, that was awesome. So that that's okay. Like it's balanced out in their life. So this is, I'm not ever going to tell anybody like this is how you're supposed to keep your horse. I'm just saying, look at all these areas. Check, check the happiness. How would you rate that box of happiness for your horse? And what could you do to increase this happiness when he's, when you're not there? And then how can you increase the happiness when you are there? <laughs> What's the general harmony? What's the communication? Just get in the habit of thinking in these terms. So if you're having a problem in your dressage or sport of choice, let's say, you know, you're, he just, I don't know, the canner is really unbalanced for some reason and you're struggling with it. You know, we can look at the, okay, what's happening in the canter? How's your position? We can think about techniques for dressage, but always kind of do that and scan back out and go, well, how's he moving in general? Can he just, is he stretching and balanced, you know, when not trying to do a collected canter? How about just a canter? How is he online? How's he moving? Can he, can he know, can he find that stretch and alignment on his own? Or does he need side reins? Right. And then when you try to change it, when you put your leg on, is there good communication? Does he answer your requests? You know, and then if not, are you like going to the barn thinking about, oh, your horse is such a jerk, <laughs> you know, harmony, right? Does your, is your horse being, becoming hard to catch harmony? So, you know, what's your horse's nutrition? Does, is he look in poor condition? Does he look, you know, so you're, even if I'm seeing a collection problem with a horse, I'm scanning back and I'm going, what's the, what's the base of the pyramid? Or am I, am I up here thinking dressage and not noticing that there's cracks in the foundation and there's pieces that are crumbling? You can try to fix up that pinnacle all you want, but if your foundation is crumbling, the happiness, the harmony, the communication, the just general way of moving, if that's not okay, you're going to have a struggle trying to fix up the dressage. And so, yeah, so this is not a one and done. It's a constant way of thinking about what you're doing with your horse. It's a constant um, focus, no matter how high echelon you are in your sport, you've got to keep thinking about this. I know my friend, my friend Luca, who is a, you know, international Grand Prix jumper trainer, you know, he's, he's always thinking about the happiness of his horses and he'll train one and then let it loose and it wanders through the property. His, even his upper, upper level, um, jumping horses, when they're on a break from competition, they're turned out in a herd. They get to, he's thinking about the happiness bucket. So I hope this is interesting to you. I hope this is helpful. Uh, remember that you can take that quiz, just a couple questions. I put a lot of effort putting it together and based on how you answer the questions, you'll get some tips for free. <laughs> All right, so you can go to dressagenaturally.net slash quiz to find that. 
And in the video classroom, there's tons of videos that can help you with any of these categories. They might, there, you know, there's videos about creating rapport with your horse. There's some videos about man- horse management and lifestyle. There's lots of videos about communication and techniques for healthy biomechanics and dressage. Uh, but yeah, if you need some ideas of like what this actually looks like in practice, I recommend the video classroom. Anyway, I hope this helps. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I can, uh, share the rest of the story of how the performance with Natia, um, you know, hopefully it it went well and I have, you know, happy stories and not just, (laughs) not just disaster stories. Uh, but no, she's doing really, she's doing really well. I was able to bring her over to school in the arena, um, pretty, you know, empty, not full of people, but at least she got in the building and, uh, we got to practice a bit and she's so cute when she gets scared, uh, or when she's not okay, she just sort of freezes and goes real slow and doesn't really respond. So she's cute because she just always looks like, oh, she's just perfect. And then, but what it feels like is like, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) she barely can keep up with me when I'm leading her. And she just, she's, I just, she's so sweet. Uh, So I went, you know, in the schooling thing, when I first got on her after hanging out there for a little while and uh, I got on her, I was like, Oh geez, like she like, come on, let's go. (laughs) And I just let her wander around for a little while until she started being curious and looking at things. And then I got off and I just hung out for a little bit and then uh, we got back on again and I was like, okay, let's do a little, you know, walk, trot, canter and maybe some stretching and stuff like that. And she still was like, oh gosh, I put my leg on and she'd slow down. It's like, okay, come on, you got this. But then she started blown out and she'd start stretching and got like a nice rolling kind of working gates going and some stretching. I got off again and just hung out there for a little while, let her like look around. And then she started being really cute and she started doing her little smiling thing and she started wanting to do her little leg tricks. So that was a good sign. She was coming out and then uh, I got back on again and then I did some, okay, let's, you know, let's get going. And she's so cute when she when she goes through these stages, then she'll start to go, but she's still sort of frozen halfway. So, so she goes, but I still don't really have like the steering or stopping, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. So we kind of got through that and loosened her up. And then by the end, she just was loose and she was my little, my girl was back. And, uh, yeah, so we ended on a super, super note, hung out there a little bit more and, uh, and then went back. So, um, super happy. And again, you know, that ride could have gone, there's a million decision points that I could have done during that, that little ride there. Because when I first got on, boy, the dressage did not feel good. She wasn't really moving and she was stiff and she leans on that left shoulder and, but it wasn't a dressage problem. It was, it was a happy harmony problem. And so I had to just know that and and knowing that in my mind, I was like, don't worry about the dressage part. Don't, don't struggle with her for that. I just know she's, she's not feeling confident. 
she's not happy right there because she's not familiar and she's a little bit scared. And in order for her to be able to relax and feel comfortable, I had to keep the harmony that we have. So I had to keep that attitude of compassion towards her and keep that harmony strong. And the communication, it's a matter of what do I ask for when, right? If I had asked for something too hard, it would have been too hard. Simple communication, simple goals, keep the harmony to give her a chance to acclimate and become happy. And as soon as she was more relaxed and comfortable in the space, we were right there together, communication back in action, movement better, and then we could end up doing some dressage. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. That's the Dressage Naturally Happy Athlete Training Scale in action. And uh, let me know how it goes. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.